I've got to preach quickly today. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. I'm going to finish up our series on the Holy Spirit today. This is our fifth week of the Holy Spirit. I thought it was going to be about three. We're on week five. I think this is it today. I think this is it. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it is today. And I'm going to, um, the, these last four weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. And today it's uh, Holy Spirit part 5, but the title of it is Wait For It. Somebody say, Wait For It. Just wait for it. Acts 1, 4 through 5 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I'll read it again. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. These past four weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and we've been talking about the, the gifts of the Spirit. We've been talking about the power of the Spirit. We've been talking about uh, how to receive revelation for this day and this time. If you ever need a revelation, it was in this day. If you ever need to know what God wants the church to be doing, look at the news. It is in this day. It is in this moment. It is in this hour. And to hear from God in this day, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week was Pentecost Sunday, and it was a celebration. Not only was it our first Sunday back in 12 weeks, but it was a celebration of when, when there was somewhat of a changing of the guards, if you would, when the Holy Spirit came to reign on earth, and Jesus ascended, and the Spirit descended on earth. Not only did we celebrate that, but Pentecost is also a day on the calendar when Jesus' promise came to earth. It's a day when we remember the promises of Jesus, when his promises came true. Whenever he said, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you something. I'm sending a comforter. I'm sending you some power. It is God's promise to us. It's a day on the calendar when we celebrate the promises of God. It was the promise that he would not just leave us with principles, but he would give us power. He did not just want his, his disciples to have principles. He did not just want his people to know the Ten Commandments, but he wanted them to have some power so he could carry them out. Amen? Jesus had lived. He had been crucified, and now he is resurrected at this point in this passage of Scripture. And he is sitting here. He is talking to his disciples. He is talking to the ones that has lived with him over the last few years. They have walked with him. They've talked with him. They have been with him. They broke bread with him. They've even walked water on water with this man. And now he is giving them some last words. And he says, look, the time has come and I'm leaving you, but don't you do anything. Do nothing. 
Don't leave this place. Do not do anything. Don't leave this place. Don't go out and minister. Don't go out and have a crusade. Don't go out and write another book of the Bible. Don't go write another worship chorus. Don't have band practice. He says, do nothing. Do nothing. Don't, do not go out into the streets. Do nothing until you get the gift that the Father has promised you. Do nothing until you get the power of the Spirit. Now, to some, this may catch you off guard that Jesus would tell you to sit around and do nothing because that's really that's not how we picture him how, and how he would tell his disciples, I, I know I'm leaving, but I don't want you to do anything for a moment. What do you think today that if you had been at the feet of Jesus for three years, what do you think if, if, if Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was your life coach? If, if, if he was your Dr. Phil, you didn't even need Dr. Phil. You didn't need self-help because Jesus was right there. Wouldn't you think if Jesus Christ was your life coach, wouldn't you think if you learned to walk on the water walker himself, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that if you've learned those things that you would have everything that you need to, to, to do life for the kingdom? But even Jesus knew that if you really wanted to make an impact in this world for the kingdom of God, God, that you needed more than just principles, but you needed the power. You needed more than principles, but you needed the power. It was never God's intentions for his people to carry out his principles without having power. It was never God's intention for you. God knew that there are, God knows that there are some things in this Bible. There are principles in this Bible. There are commandments in this Bible that you will not be able to keep unless you've got the power of the Spirit. He knows that he is telling you to do some things that you will never be able to do unless you've got the Spirit of God inside of you. Just look at the principle of loving your neighbor as yourself. Do you know how difficult that is? Is. Some of you have really annoying neighbors, neighbors that do not cut the grass, neighbors that have junk cars everywhere, neighbors that have parties late at night, neighbors that when they go on vacation, their rowdy kids come out and have parties. You know that neighbor. God knew that you would never be able to keep that principle unless you had the power of his spirit. Look at the neighbor, I mean, look at the principle where it says, pray for your enemies. Do you know how hard it is to pray for your enemies? The ones that have been gossiping about you. The ones that have been lying about you. The ones that kiss you on one cheek and smack you on the other cheek. And now you say, I've got to pray for you. God knew that it would be impossible for you to fulfill some of the principles unless you had his power. And in John 14, 16, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments, keep my principles, and I will pray that the Father and he will give you another helper, the spirit that he may abide in you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus is referring to the helper. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. He says, I am praying that you keep my commandments 
And I am praying that you get the spirit because unless you've got the spirit in you, it's going to be very, very hard to keep these principles that I have been teaching you. And listen, all throughout Jesus' ministry, he has been equipping, he has been teaching, he has been preparing, he's been saying some things like, look, you've got, you've got me, but there's something else that you need. You've got me, I'm here, but there's something else that's coming that you really need. See, you, he's been saying all these things, and it is somewhat like he was saying, look, I am just part of God's plan for you. I'm a big part of God's plan for you, but I'm just a part of what God really wants for you. I'm an important part of God's plan for you. I am your salvation. I am the redemptive part of God's plan. I am your atonement. I am your transformer. I will transform your life, but I'm not the only part of God's plan for you. Jesus was saying God creates and Jesus redeems, but I have come to empower you. I've come to give you the power the Holy Spirit has. It's like Jesus was saying, I've come to get you to heaven. I've come to get you into heaven, but the one after me is here to help you get a little more heaven on earth. Somebody say amen with me today. He says, I'm here to get you into heaven, but the one coming after me is to help you get a little more heaven on earth. If there has ever been a time in our history where we need a little more heaven on earth, it is in this day that we are living. Can you say amen with me today? With America in its current state, we need a little heaven on earth, amen? With injustices in our country, guess what? We need a little more heaven on earth. With all the shouting and few people listening, guess what? We need heaven to come down on earth. When we get fearful of the pandemic and everything is closing around us, guess what? We need a little more heaven on this earth, amen? And Jesus is saying, I have something that you need. You have seen me work. You've seen me do some great things, but you can't do these things until you have the spirit inside of you. Get this. I want you to get these in your notes. I'm going to give you about five things about the Spirit and Jesus. Jesus, first of all, Jesus was born in the Spirit. Jesus was born in the Spirit. Luke 1 says, it tells us that he was conceived by the Spirit. It was a virgin birth. How could it be? Words really can't describe it. Why? Because it was supernatural. He was born in the spirit. A young lady, the spirit came inside of her and it birthed Jesus. All of a sudden, in other words, in this message of, of it's, it's not only a message of the birth of a savior, but it's a message to the world today that you need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will empower you to birth some things that couldn't happen without his assistance. Mm. That's the power of you and, and me and I being born in the Spirit. He was born in the Spirit, number one. Number two, Jesus was baptized in the Spirit. He was baptized in the Spirit. In Luke chapter 3, we hear about Jesus being baptized and a dove descended on him. 
The dove is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And in that moment that the Holy Spirit came down and rested upon him, the word says that he got like, it was like a new identity. Something new was birthed inside of him. And even a voice from heaven, the word says, there was a voice from heaven that spoke loudly and said, you are my beloved and you I am pleased. See, all of a sudden, when the dove, the Holy Spirit came upon him, a new identity was released. The truth was out. This is the Son of God. His purpose was released when the Holy Spirit came upon him. See, there's a lot of people that have Jesus but do not know their identity. And the problem is that, that, that they have Jesus but they don't have the Spirit. Hmm. See, it's the Holy Spirit that tweaks your identity. It's the Holy Spirit that confirms your calling. It's the Holy Spirit that moves you into ministry. Amen? So he was baptized in the Spirit. Number three, he was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. Luke 4.1 says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Get that. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he'd just been baptized in the Spirit, returned from Jordan, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Hmm. Read that again. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Jesus, say full of, Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led by the Spirit. Say with me. Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led by the Spirit. Say it again. Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led by the Spirit. See, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, so he was led by the Holy Spirit. I want you to get this in your notes today. You will always be led by what you are full of. Hmm. You will always be led by what you are full of. Look at the world. You want to know why the world is behaving like they are? They are not full of the Spirit. I'm going to preach today. You will always be led by what you are full of. We know a lot of people that are full of a lot of stuff, don't we? They are full of a lot of stuff. You, If you are full of fear, guess what? You will be led by your fear. If you are full of perversion, guess what? You will be led by perversion. If you are full of rage, guess what? You will be led by your rage. If you are full of the media, you will be led by the media. This is why you need the Holy Spirit in this day that we are living in, during pandemic, during rage in the streets, during injustice. Whatever you are full of, you will be led by. It's okay if you feel some of these emotions, but you were never meant to be led by those things. That is the power and the purpose of you being full of the Spirit. Because whatever you are full of, that is what you will be led by. Number four, he was anointed by the Spirit. Luke 4, 18 says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Guess what? Gifts make us impressive, but the anointing makes you impactful. Gifts can make you impressive. But the anointing will make you impactful. The anointing is a divine empowerment. It is divine authorization. It is divine power from heaven that can go beyond any gift. Amen. See, you can work your gift, but when you are anointed, God works the gift for you. See, whenever you don't have the anointing, you work, it's you working the gift. You're just out there singing, you're just out there doing your thing. But Whenever you've got some anointing, guess what? God starts working the gift for you. See, being anointed can take good ideas and make them God ideas. The question for the church today is, do we want to be good or do we want to be anointed? That's pretty, I need, some, I need, I need a better response. Right I'm going to say it again. Do you want to be good or do you want to be anointed? Do you want to be impressive or do you want to be impactful? He was anointed by the Spirit. And number five, he was resurrected by the Spirit. Romans 8, 11. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, that Spirit dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. See, the Spirit, get this, the Spirit allows you to recover from what others die in. Hmm. The Spirit, the resurrection power of the Spirit will allow you to recover in, recover from what other people die in. So many people lose their joy but if you have got that resurrecting spirit inside of you, whenever you get to the point where you feel like you have no joy, praise God, all of a sudden the resurrecting spirit can resurrect it back into your life. When you feel like your purpose has left you, if you've got the resurrecting spirit in you, just a moment, the spirit will resurrect your purpose as soon as the devil tells you that you have no, no purpose. That's the power of the resurrecting spirit. So listen, if Jesus was born in the spirit, if Jesus was baptized in the spirit, if Jesus was led by the spirit, if Jesus was anointed by the spirit, if Jesus was resurrected by the spirit, how much more do we? The people that are trying to live like Jesus, how much more do we? People who are trying to be Jesus in this world. How much more do we, in all of this mess that we are living in, need the Holy Spirit? If we don't get the Spirit, let me tell you something, church. If we, the church, can't get the Spirit, if we continue without the Spirit, Guess what? We will be like Paul in 2 Timothy 3, 5, where he says, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power of it. We will be full of principles, but have no power. 
We will be able to quote the Ten Commandments but have no power behind them. We will be, we will be just another church doing rhetoric. We will be another church who quotes things but have no power behind our words. How much more do we need the power? Now, let me break this all down that you've been listening to these last few minutes. Let me break this down to what this means for us today in our nation, in this world, for the church today. Let's preach. In Acts, Jesus says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And what? You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of this world. Did you get that? He said, you shall receive power when, wait for it, wait for it now, you shall receive power when it comes upon you, not before, but wait for it, when it does, you will have power. And guess why he wants you to have some power? So that, guess what? So that you can be his witnesses. He says, I'm not just doing this just for you. I'm not doing this just for a denomination. I'm not just doing this so you can have a title. I'm not doing this. Uh, well, the reason I am doing this so you can be my witness, so you can be a light in times of darkness. Get this in your spirit and in your notes. God will never give you a gift that is just for yourself. Hmm. If you want to know if your gift is from God or not, if it's just for you, it probably was not from the Lord. Every gift that God gives to you, even your salvation, he gave you the gift of salvation. Why? So you could get other people to the cross. Every gift from God, God will never give you a gift that is just for you. But every gift that he has given you, it is for the entire kingdom. He wants you to do something with it. Listen, after they received the Holy Spirit, the church was born. The church grew. There has never been a church growth strategy like the Holy Spirit. I will say that again. There has never been a church growth strategy like the Holy Spirit. Do you want to know what the Holy Spirit does? It creates a hunger. Do you want to know what it does to the doubter? It causes them to talk. Have you heard what's going on across the road over there? They are over there doing some crazy, crazy thing. That pastor even raises his hands. How dare he? And all of a sudden, they're talking becomes advertisement for what the Spirit is trying to do all across the world. There is no growth plan like the power of the Holy Spirit. And here it is. He says, get filled with the Spirit. The church was born. Thousands of people were added. It was, it was every pastor's dream. Somebody gets filled with the Spirit and your church has thousands of people. Because they started operating in the Spirit and because they started operating with boldness, guess what? Their haters grew. Hmm. And their persecution grew. Why? Because they started to look like Jesus. Does this sound familiar to the world today? 
All of a sudden, they got the Spirit. They started operating in the Spirit. They started operating in boldness. Their haters grew. The persecution grew. And this Jesus, is uh, he ascends. And it's better that I leave you. Why? Because, because now I'm with you. Like I said a few weeks ago, I'm with you now. But I'm about to send something that's going to get in you. And now he ascends. Jesus is no longer on this earth. These people get filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? These people are walking around towns being filled with the Spirit and now they look like Jesus. Hmm. I haven't seen Jesus, but I can tell he's a, he's a follower of Jesus. Now, the church, isn't this a crazy concept? That the church is walking around town looking like Jesus. Hmm. Isn't it a crazy concept that the church now is the one in the streets doing the miracles? Hmm. Isn't it a crazy concept now that his disciples are the ones casting out demons? Isn't that such a crazy concept that now Jesus is no longer on earth, but now they are full of the Spirit, and now they are walking around, and when people see them, it's like they are looking upon the face of Jesus Christ. Wow. All of a sudden, haters start growing. Guess why people were hating them? Because they were walking into towns speaking against injustices. Hmm. I'm about to preach today. Guess why people were hating them? Because the disciples were walking around helping people that were affected by injustices. Can somebody say amen with me today? They were not just for the Jews, but they were for the Jews and for the Gentiles. Jews didn't like it because they were for the Gentiles. Gentiles didn't like them because they were trying to help the Jews also. They were out there helping the poor people. Can you imagine that? They were out there in the spirit praying for people on days that were not even allowed. They were praying for people on street corners. Why? Because they were full of the Spirit. They were laying hands on the sick people. They cared about their future and their legacy so much that they would walk up to children who had been tormented by demons and cast out demons, even if it meant they were thrown into prison. Why? Because they had waited for the power. And once they got it, nothing could stop that church from growing. Let me tell you something today. Help me out today. Let me tell you something. Hear my heart. Hear my heart today. Hear my broken pastor's heart today. Let me pastor you just for a moment. Emotions in America are off the charts. People are emotional. Some of their emotions are real. Some of it's raw. Some of their emotions are what they've been told they should act like. Everybody is, it's emotions. People are angry, frustrated. Political tensions are the highest that they have ever been. Not only on the national level, but we have local people in our city that are throwing mud. I just want to preach to somebody today. 
Political tensions are high. People are full of emotions. They are full of media. They are full of everything coming at them. They are full of information. They are full of lies. They are full of so much stuff. And now what we are witnessing on the streets is an explosion of, I am full. I am fed up. And now, it's exploding. Hear my heart today. Let me pastor you today. Because I remind you, whatever you are full of, you will be led by. I just want to remind you of the text today that said, being assembled together with them, he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem. Don't leave this place until you've got the Holy Ghost. Do not do it. I'm telling you right now. You sit in your house. You get in your prayer closet. Do not leave this place until you are full. Don't do it. I'm telling you. Don't you go out in those streets trying to cast out demons without you unless you've got the Spirit. Don't go out there trying to start a church. Don't go out there start trying to start a right. Don't go out there. Don't, don't, don't. do. You do nothing until you've got the Spirit. And I say this with love today. And I say this as a pastor today. Before you get out there and start fighting battles, wait for it. Don't go out there posting. Wait for it. Before you start marching, wait for it. I'm not telling you do not march. I'm saying you just need to wait for the Spirit. Don't go around speaking on topics. You just need to wait for it. Do nothing until you've got the Holy Spirit on your side. Wait for it. Be quickened by the Spirit. You can't be quickened by the Spirit. You can't be energized by the Spirit. You can't be empowered, nudged by the Spirit until it's in you. There are Spirit-filled people in this day. They need to redo their theology. I'm just going to preach today. How can we shout? How can we dance? How can we say we're full of the Spirit when there is no love? How can we do these things? How can we dance in the Spirit? How can we say these things about us? But we will not speak up for the injustices of this world. Church, how? You will be led by what you are full of. You will be led by what you are full of. I don't know about you, but I want everything that I do to be led by the Spirit of God. You can be led by God on the streets. You can be led by God holding a sign out there. You can be led by God standing on City Hall. You can be led by God, but I'm telling you, you better wait for the Spirit in this day. I'm pastoring you right now. God is telling the church, wait for the Spirit. Do nothing without me. If you will wait on me, I will show you things that you never thought you'd be able to see. As we've been talking about these last few weeks, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It's not even entered into the heart of man yet, the things that I have prepared for you. And those things will be revealed by the Spirit. You've just got to wait for it. If God can shut the mouth of lions, 
The Holy Spirit can shut your mouth whenever you don't need to be talking. I'm going to say that one more time until somebody gets it in your spirit. Aren't you thankful that sometimes that the Holy Spirit just zips your lips? Mmm. Mmm. In the South, we think speaking our minds sometimes is a spiritual gift. I know that's second service people, nobody in this service. But that's really a lack of self-control. And the gift of the Spirit is you'll have self-control. So whenever you see somebody that can't control their lips, they are lacking the Spirit of God. Mm. In this day, in this hour, God is calling the church before of my spirit. Wait for it. Don't do anything until you got it. Just, just, just wait for it. In this day, we've got to be like Jesus. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed the Spirit, we needed this. We cannot be led by fear, church. We cannot be led by anger. We cannot be led by division. We cannot be led by greed. We cannot be led by political agendas. In this day, in this time, the church must be led by the Spirit. Can you say amen with me today? Get upon your feet with me today. We must be led by the Spirit. America. America. You need the Spirit. America. America's divided. America is torn. And the church needs to be the most powerful organization in America today. Do you want to know why I know America is so messed up? How I know America's messed up? It's not, it's not the rioting, it's not the looters. I don't support the looting. It's not, it's, it's, it's not those things. Do you want to know how I know America is messed up? Do you want to be more specific? Do you know how I know the church? Let's talk about the church. Do you want to know how I know the church is messed up? My biggest reason that I know the church is messed up because the church is looking for a political leader to fix all of this mess. I'm going to preach to myself today. The church is looking for a president. The church is looking for a governor to fix all of this stuff. Let me tell you something. There is not a man or a woman that can fix racism on, this, on the planet Earth. There is no man that can fix this mess. You need to stop looking for a man and you need to look your eyes to the, the man. And the church, we got to wait on the Spirit in this day. There is no politician that can fix America. The only thing that can change the heart of man is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You just got to wait on him today. Today, oh God. Today, oh God. Today, oh God. You're calling us to be filled with the Spirit. Churches in these last days that do not have the Spirit 
you are losing power. People that are not operating in the Spirit, you are going to be led by things of this world. But now, God has called us to those things. Sing this out with us today. Come on.